Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Ann, and I'm your pop culture prophet. Okay, guys, we are um, starting the podcast now with a great friend of mine that I get to be friends with because I am friends with his wife, who is our Game of Thrones expert, Elizabeth Cook. This is her husband, Graham. Hello, Graham. Well, hi, Elizabeth Ann. I'm really <laughs> glad we can, you know, keep this all in the family and you have experts that are so easy to find. Yes, it's um, it's great that I just, you know, go from one wife to the husband to the next person. If you ever wanted to do um, Pulp Fiction, my dog Hector is a pretty good expert on that. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to talk to Hector about that. Maybe Obi and Hector could do an episode together about Pulp Fiction. I'm, I'm down to let that happen. I would listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Graham, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, as my glorious introduction said, I, my name is Graham Cook. I uh, am the on, on-call BoJack Horseman expert. Yes. I uh, work in Huntsville, Alabama, and like uh like to drink and watch netflix apparently mm-hmm. yeah i'm not an interesting person you know all the fun stuff that's a good qualification for an expert i think that you drink and watch netflix uh, sorry let me put that more professionally i like to open my mind up to this quality of uh information <laughs> that I'm wow that's so impressive why thank you you're I've been welcome. working hard on this since uh, college, really. Oh, wow. Okay. And so um, do you have a religious uh, affiliation or background that you would also like to share with us? Oh, I was raised in the Episcopalian Church, which mm-hmm. is, uh, for, for any listeners who don't know, that is Catholic light, all of the wine, <laughs> none of the guilt. <laughs> uh, whenever there are four Episcopalians together, there's always a fifth. Anyway, um, oh that's how I was raised. Uh, went to Episcopalian summer camp uh, for most of my life. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm probably a little lax mm-hmm. on the current membership game, but, but you know, it, it, it goes. Yeah. All right. And so you are one of the few people that have actually told me you would like to be on an episode as an expert. Most of the people I tell they're the experts, then I have to convince them to be on the show but you were just completely ready to go with BoJack Horseman. So what qualifies you to be the BoJack Horseman expert? Well, as I said, I've seen a lot of BoJack. Yes. I'm currently working my way through its newest season. I'm not one of those people that when the season drops, I'm going to binge it in 12 hours or less. Oh, are, I do that. I'm, I'm just I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And also my wife judges me a whole lot when that kind oh, of thing happens. Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> Irony. It's a thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I would argue that the, the reason I've, I'm your expert is not because I've seen all the shows, mm-hmm. but because I like to debate with my friends about anything and everything from the secret member, uh, menu of Taco Bell to all of the sub-themes of BoJack Horseman. And yes. uh, I've lost a lot of debates. And they say if you lose, you're learning, right? That's, that's how that goes. Absolutely. That's a big part of our podcast, Graham. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm wow. For you. I love that. Okay. And so um, what do you remember most just about watching the first episode of BoJack Horseman or what drew you into the show? 
Well, so my, uh, as I said, my friends in college, they were getting into it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want to watch it for the longest time. I did not want to get into the sad horse show, but I <laughs> yeah. did get into the sad horse show. Eventually, uh, they sat me down and we watched it in the common room of the dorm. I watched the first episode and uh, I honestly don't remember much about the first episode. It was more of like the world building and I was, I was intrigued. The second episode, I believe, is the BoJack Hates the Troops episode. Oh, such a good one. Oh, when, yes. With the muffins? Stole a, he stole a meal from Neil, Mc, Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL? Yes. <laughs> I, I was sold from that line yes. onwards because that's just glorious writing. It's, you, you can't get past that. And uh, while the writing is spectacular, just the tiny subjects throughout the entire thing of just... Well, actually, in the episode that we're going to be talking about, thank mm -hmm. you again, by the way, for encouraging me to go back and watch that because it is a beautiful episode. First, it's so good. The Labrador Peninsula, <laughs> which is where Mr. Peanut Butter's family hails from, is just an island of dogs. And it, well, as you'd imagine, looks like heaven. Yeah. Like, they're just running around and playing and having a wonder time and everybody's happy. And it's just clever. Yes. It's just so clever. Is that when there's uh, the safe space for women yes. car sharing thing? Yes. A safe space for women would also be good for men. Yes. It's like men also want safe spaces where they can look at women. <laughs> uh, if only we could find women who are used to dealing with gentlemen. I know. A gentleman's club. <laughs> Just Todd. All, all of the Todd. Yes. Is, is amazing. Yes. So I started watching BoJack Corson because you and Elizabeth told me to. Um, You're welcome. Thank you so much. And like you, I love just the small jokes that go throughout the whole series. Um, I'm a big fan of that. But like sometimes you're laughing. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say sometimes you're like laughing and having a great time. And then sometimes you're like really learning what depression is like. And I'm like, okay, BoJack Horseman. At the same time. Yes. Like, I didn't expect my life to be changed and to be laughing at a cartoon horse. Absolutely. It's just it's a great it, time. It truly opens you up emotionally when you don't expect to. Yes. And so a lot of people that might be listening to this podcast right now and have not seen the show probably think that we're crazy and have no idea what we're talking about. So can you Whoa. quickly describe BoJack Horseman? <laughs> okay. And here is BoJack Horseman in 30 seconds. Go. I used to think that it was about um, the dad from... Oh, Full House. Yes. Thank you. The dad from Full House, mm -hmm. whose name I can't remember right now. And that's Bob really Saget. Thank you. Whoa. You were on fire. I used to think it was a very shallow dig at Bob Saget. Yes. That is what I thought the show was. That's how you explained it to me. Right. Before it's I started watching that, it. But it kind of starts that way. Mm -hmm. It is the story of Bojack Horseman, a horse who uh, was, well, back in the 90s, he was in a very famous TV show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he was in a famous TV show in the 90s. And it's not the 90s anymore. And so now he's just a drunk living in Hollywood trying to have a job and a life and has existential dread drizzled all over his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the course of, I guess we're on season five now, over the course of the five seasons, you watch Bojack, Bojack try to get better probably 80% of his screen time. But that 20% really knocks him on his ass mm -hmm. a lot. <laughs> so the whole show is you rooting against human nature. Is that, is that about fair? 
that- yeah, but like in a funny way. Oh no, you're laughing the entire time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And it's kind it's a world where humans and animals live together. And yes. because that happens, amazing animal puns exist throughout the entire show. Yeah, absolutely. And if it weren't a cartoon where humans and animals live together, it would be a very depressing show and I would not watch it. Absolutely. But something about the fact that a main character runner is a squid, you know, I can work with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, that was perfect. So we're talking about... Um, and a specific episode in season three, episode eight, Old Acquaintances, which we've kind of already mentioned. And a quote from the character, Rutabaga Rabinowitz, who is a rabbit. Um, really? <laughs> if you didn't know. Um, and so can you kind of set the scene for us? Tell us, you know, what's happening in this episode, where all the characters are. And then we'll get into the quote that is kind of setting up the whole episode for us today. Okay. So uh, I went back and, and watched this episode. So once again, thank you for that. Yes. Um, right now, it's uh, an interesting, shaky time for our for our heroes. Bojack Horseman, his agent manager. If y'all don't know the difference between an agent and a manager, watch the show. <laughs> no uh, one knows. No one knows. That's <laughs> <the point. laughs> um, they they have broken off into their own company, and they're trying to to break even. It is New Year's Eve. The day the whole episode takes place over one day on New Year's Eve, and. Uh, Princess Caroline really needs to, to land some big, big wins. And a, a spot opens up that she thinks Bojack Horseman would be perfect for. And so she is going to put Bojack in that role and make it all happen. It's going to be great, and everyone's going to be winning, and it's going to be a happy time. Well, the competitors at the other company, uh, Rabidowitz, the rabbit, and Gecko, the human with the last <laughs> name Gecko, which was an amazing <laughs> reveal, by the way. They also, they're in a competing company. They have their own clients that they think would be perfect for the same gig. They know there's going to be a competition. And so the whole episode is setting up this, this conflict of, of who's going to win and who's going to play it off. And you're seeing it kind of from both sides. And the quote in, in uh, Rabidowitz says to his, to his partner, of course we're going to pull it off. We're going to get away with it. We're the good guys. From there, the, the, the show takes off. And... It's interesting because they're not the main characters of the show. At the time, you don't quite notice it, though. You don't like, oh, they're just, you know, buffing their chest. They're going to win. Yeah. But especially in later seasons, it might point out that the main characters you've been following are not good guys. Yes. Caroline might be the worst. She might be. And so that brings us to our big question of the day. Are Christians the good guys or the bad guys? Much like in this episode, um, kind of until this point, and Bojack Horseman, and maybe even some later on, you're looking at Bojack as, you know, the main character, the good guy. We want everything right to happen to him. But this quote kind of turns us around to see a different point of view. And so I kind of wanted us to do that with Christianity as we look at it today. Um, If you look at things like the love and the grace and the peace and the redemption um, that we receive through Jesus or the ways that Christians are called to take care of the poor and the sick and the orphans and the widows, then absolutely we're the good guys. Oh yeah. On paper, we're rocking. (laughs) Yeah. If you're just reading, it's great. I mean, that um, second half, the, the first half gets a little rocky. But besides that... Yes. 
But then if you think about the genocide, even that you see in the Bible, um, the Crusades, slavery, hatred against certain groups, um, we may be the bad guys. I have a few examples that we can look at and then um, we'll get into talking about them, which I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. Um, But so I have a biblical example I'm going to bring, which is actually from one of my favorite books in the Bible. So that's just a fun struggle that I have. But so in Joshua chapter 10, there's this whole crazy story where God is helping the Israelites defeat the Amorites. And so God throws the Amorites into confusion. God throws hailstorms and like from the sky, like is just sitting up there throwing hail on the quote bad guys and causes the sun to stay in the sky until the Israelites defeat them. And so this is, you know, kind of a big story for Christians, um, depending on, you know, what church you went to, your denomination. Some people are taught this very early on as a very, um, Well, if God is on our side, who can be against us, right? Exactly. It's a very inspiring story if you are God's chosen people. If you're not, not so much. Um, There's other examples kind of later on in history, like the Crusades, which are often presented as really holy, heroic adventures where the Christians were fighting for what they believed in. It was in the 11th century, led by European Christians in response to years of Muslim wars of expansion, and they were trying to take back the Holy Land. So on one side, yeah, that could be pretty good. On the other side, um, you're experiencing attacks, massacres, and plundering um, that really set the course for how others viewed Christians for years. And that's just, I mean, that was a long time ago. Even if you look at the past 100 or 200 years, you have Christians backing slavery and racism based on the Bible. The Pope signed off on uh, Nazi Germany, said... Go forth, do your thing. Yeah. Among other things that are not so great. Um, That's just a fun fact. You don't hear about all that much. Yeah. I don't know if I knew that. Thank you for bringing that to us, Graham. I have a wealth of weird information. Yes. That's why you're here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, if you think of even now, there's still, you know, many churches encouraging hatred towards people of certain sexual orientations. There's still a lot of hatred to particular groups. And there's still a lot of good things about Christianity. There's still a lot of people that are trying to do the good that we're called to. There's still organizations that try to do the good that we're called to. But I guess my big question is, you know, how do you see this? Are we the good guys, the bad guys? Have we lost our good reputation? Or are we just trying to see it from a more positive standpoint like Rutabaga was in BoJack Horseman? Oh, well, I mean, if we're talking to BoJack Horseman... Rutabaga uh, and Gecko are the good guys, straight up. They, they mm-hmm. are not the bad people in that episode. But uh, to get to your question, uh, which if I just to sum up, you're asking, does the batting average of Christianity kind of go against its good guy persona? Yes. I would argue that you, uh, you shouldn't, shouldn't condemn an ideology on its abuses. Okay, uh, there's a really good cracked video about why you should never argue anything on the internet, because even if you support, if, if you just come out and say, I'm a dog person, someone's going to go, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Yes. Have sex with dogs. And you're like, no, 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 that's not, <laughs> that's not what I was saying at all. But that person is now tied to your argument. Congratulations. And so I think 
probably the bigger problem here is not whether or not Christians are the good guys or, or whoever the Christians are mad at in a particular uh, over the course of 2,000 years, whoever their target is or the, the person they're competing with. People are the worst. I would and, agree. <laughs> any large group of people is going to have a bad time. Because, I mean, you pointed out yourself. Everybody's the good guy in their own, in their own story. Everybody thinks they're doing the best, which is why ends and means is such a bad argument. But uh, you only get to tell the story if you win. Oh, okay. So to go back to our BoJack course, spoiler alert. Also, if you're watching this and or if you're listening to this, you're listening to a breakdown of like three seasons into a five season show. There's going to be spoilers. It's not our fault. It's all on Netflix. Exactly. That's how I say it. <laughs> uh, in that logic... The the good guys that proclaim themselves the good guys, mm-hmm. they won at the end of the episode. They they their clients got the jobs. Princess Caroline got screwed over. It was a last minute save, eleventh hour good stuff. Well, they get to go on and be the good guys in their story. It approved their thought process because they won. Christians, in, in the broad umbrella term of that, mm-hmm. have been winning for like what, 17, 1800 years? That early time was pretty rocky when they were starting off, but but they've pretty much been running the show for a long time. Yeah, like you can you can write the book and write the stories however you want on that point. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. Because um, I was gonna ask you a little more about that. I mean, I know in my own faith, I never learned about any of the bad stuff of Christianity until I became a religion major in college, and until I went to seminary. It's really hard to explain to a five-year-old the concept of stopping time because war ends at night. Because you've got to start with what is war. Right. And <laughs> as a preschool and children's minister, I understand that I can't explain to a five-year-old like, hey, this really cool battle happened, um, but it really sucked for the other guys and God helped all these people die. Okay, it's snack time. Like, that's not how it goes. Let's sit down and talk about the tactics that, uh, that Joshua used in his battles here. <laughs> but it's I, not interesting to a lot of people. It's certainly not interesting to a kindergartner. It's not. But I do think as Christians, we have some responsibility at some point in our life to hear some of the bad parts or to just think in a different perspective. Like, how did the Crusades really affect different groups of people? Oh, absolutely. And really, any group should do their homework and find out the good and the bad of whatever they're signing up for. Christians, our holy book is, is rather an interesting thing because, and I preface this with, this is Graham Cook's opinion. This is not uh, a biblical scholar in any way, shape or form. Feel free to prove me wrong at any time. But the, the first half is a collection of over like 10,000 years of oral stories that were passed down and finally collected in various parts and then put all together into one easy to manage spot. There's going to be some gray area, some, some mixing and matching that doesn't quite add up that, you know, that tells for a better story of different perspectives through that. Because honestly, what a really good story to our parents or someone, our parents age is might not be a good story to us, the perspectives are different. So what makes for a really good story or the morals or the, the, the intent in certain stories 15,000 years ago, whenever this you know, story started or, or originated, you might be trying to get something out of it. Right now, I've read a really interesting thing about Caesar's Crusades, for lack of a better word, 
uh, expansion wars of Romans through Europe, uh, France area. Well, most of the document on that is written from Caesar's perspective. And you know what? He was fighting the biggest armies ever assembled because <laughs> not a good story if your elite Roman troops are fighting, you know, 10 farmers. It's right. just not... <laughs> It's not compelling, but if it is the Mongolian horde coming over the mountain and you held your ground and it was this close from losing, <laughs> turned the tide, it's a really good story. It doesn't, you know, when you go back and look at it, at that point, it's been a thousand years, something like that. You know, if you look at that later, it's not necessarily what people are looking for today. They want a different perspective on it. It's right. not the strength that is the great story anymore now well i mean humble or the meek or that's a terrible misquote of a bible quote i should know it's the graham cook version i'm i paraphrase a lot <laughs> but you're, you're making a great point though because the old testament was put together after most of it was put together after the destruction of the temple and so it's this group of people that feel completely defeated that have been told they're God's chosen people and have been taken away from their homes. And so why wouldn't they want to compile the best versions of their stories that supports all of their beliefs that they are the good guys and that it's going to work out for them in the end? Hey, yeah, y'all remember, it's really sucking right now. But you remember like three or 400 years ago when we had this awesome army and like we were fighting these? Yeah, no, that's a much better, better story. Yeah. And that, that, that is what those, those stories were, were meant to, to portray. Well, now that the people using those stories are the ones on top, it's, it's kind of numbed to that, I guess. And I'm using on top relatively, you know. Right. Well, and I think, I think that's a great point. And I think we also have such a different worldview now. Our, I mean, our understanding of the world is so much bigger maybe massacring everybody who disagrees with you isn't the the thing we want to be doing these days. You know, that's not a positive viewpoint in today's society, but in most of human history, that's what you had to do. Yes. And we weren't the only group doing it too. No, absolutely not. It par for the core. <laughs> right. So do you have a yes or no answer on are Christians, the good guys? I think some Christians are definitely good guys. All Christians are the good guys in their own mind. Mm -hmm. I think the Crusades, to go, to go into your specific thought, sure. the Crusades are interesting because nobody cared about the Holy Lands until they had a lot of problems at home and they needed to distract the European people with something shiny, like, yeah. hey, let's go free the Holy Lands from those dirty duties. Yeah, you know? and then get the Holy Grail and hide it so that Nicolas Cage has to find it and all the treasures years later. Yeah, exactly. That's like, real like, history. That happened. I, I know. And we don't mean <laughs> movies. I mean, actually, the actor Nicolas Cage has the Holy Grail right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the controversial part, the fact that I said that. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so many people are going to be mad about that. <laughs> How dare you talk about Nicolas Cage? Anyway, overall, I think the team's doing pretty well. We're trying. There have been a few clunky years. There were some years where we had a lot of flags on the plays. <laughs> yeah, no, I think overall it's not too ugly. That said, I wouldn't say they're the good guys. Ooh. I don't think there are good guys. Oh, wow. Just through the whole episode, like, on its head. <laughs> Let's get dark here. 
<laughs> There's no good guys at all? No. There's just people trying to be good, like you said I mean, earlier. Kind of talked about it, you know, like yeah. everybody's a good guy in their own story. Everybody's trying to do what they think is right. And if you get a large group together, you inherently, you make compromises in the, the course, compromises in okay. the, that vision of the leader, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, bad shit happens. And you got to look at it as a overall course. And yeah, people have been moving in a generally not shitty direction for a while. But I don't think that's because of any one group that they've held on to. Ooh, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, if you look at it, there have been people of every, every major group or breakdown you can think of has the people who have helped humanity throughout or hurt humanity right. in smaller, large scales. You can look at it really well with Christianity leading to the, well, helping along with the rise of the Roman Empire. Definitely good for the moral and, you know, technological advancement of the human race. And then when the human empire fell, everything that was under that umbrella is now way kicked back into the Stone Age. <laughs> well, not all the way to the Stone Age, but pretty far back on the yeah. technological state. <laughs> and the same people, you know, were, were kind of controlling stuff way back then. You know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, if you really wanted to look at it, are Christians the good guys? Everybody, well, all of the major forces in World War I were Christians. Yeah. <laughs> and so... And How they, can they all be the good guys? Right, and they all thought they were the good guys. I think you're making a great point. And I have a final question to ask you, and I don't know if it's possible to answer, but I think it'll be fun to ask. 42. <laughs> no, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> we have to do a whole other episode. I am not your yeah. expert for that one. Don't worry. <laughs> um, in a world where Bojack lives and knows about Christianity... What would Bojack say about Christianity today? So asking Bojack if he thinks the Christians are the good guys? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Bojack would immediately just start drinking. Just yeah. Right there in the moment. Yeah, I think he would make some, like, quick, smart remark and just start drinking. And then he'd, like feel very exig- he'd feel really bad about the whole situation. Yes. Like, he would not have an answer and drink himself and then be very upset at himself for not knowing the answer. <laughs> I think he's kind of cynical about everything, though. So I don't know if we can really ask that question because I think he would probably pre- be pretty negative. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would say something along the lines of everybody is the worst, especially people who believe they're the best. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that actually sounded pretty Bojack. He probably said that at some point. Yeah, it sounds like him. I'm going to go with that would be Bojack's answer. I like it. Okay, so that is the end of our episode. Do you have any um, final words of encouragement or wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners since we completely bummed them out and told them that there's no good guys? Well, yes, because there, if, if you're going to subscribe to this thought process that there are no good guys, then you should find some very interesting stories about not so good guys and bojack horseman might be the show for you but you yes know, very sporadically go get some sunshine play with some puppies between hands. 
Yes, I love that so much. Okay, thank you, Graham, so much for being on um, the episode. This was our second phone call episode, so here's hoping that it all went well um, and we don't have to remember all the smart things that we just talked about and we do this. I've been getting a blinking recording button in the corner, so I'm assuming that means you've got it. (laughs) Well, I mean, we'll see. Who knows? I'm my own audio editor, so it could all go really bad. (laughs) Well, we need to do this again. I'll be better. (laughs) No, you were great. Thank you for being on the show. (laughs) Happy to help. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pop Culture Profit. You can find all my podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, where you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, both at PopCultureProfit, or you can email me at contact at PopCultureProfit.com. As you guys know, I love hearing from you, so be sure to let me know what you think of this episode. Bye!